it's the beliefs and the values and the systems that we grew up in and that we're living in that are potentially counterintuitive to what our heart and our soul and our intuition is trying to speak to us. What's up, self-healers? It's me, Chris, here to remind you again and again that you are your own healer, that everything you need to grow, to thrive, to heal is within you. And that's not to say that you can't look outside of yourself for guidance or support. It just means that at the end of the day, you are in the driver's seat you are the one who decides to heal you are the one who puts it into action and in this episode i am speaking with chelsea haynes she is such a sweetheart and on top of that so so knowledgeable adventurous she's a traveler she's a gut health coach who learned through her own journey that by healing her gut and optimizing her health, she was able to connect more deeply with her intuition so that whenever she gets those intuitive hits, whenever she gets those whispers from her soul, from her higher self, she knows to listen. And on top of that, she talks a lot about, she talks about her divorce, what she learned from that and her healing journey and growth journey after that, and how she gained an abundance mindset from a scarcity mindset that she used to have. So, you know the deal. Take a slow, healing breath in. And then exhale any bullshit you might be holding on to from the day, from the week, from the year. And let's meet our self-healer. Hey, beautiful. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so good, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. I know. This is the first time me and her are actually like looking at each other face to face. <laughs> so, I don't mind it. I don't mind it one bit. No, it's beautiful. Beautiful view. Um, okay, so I met Chelsea on Instagram, which is where I'm meeting so many amazing people. And Chelsea's personality is like, I don't know, anyone who's not following her, follow her because (laughs) you're so bright and you have so much energy and it's all like positive energy and you make other people want to get up and dance and it's it's so amazing. It's contagious. Thanks, Um, girlfriend. It's definitely been a journey to get here. And yeah, I think even on that, I've got lots of things I'd like to say about it, but I'll let you, I'll let you do your thing first. (laughs) Well, I just recently found out about you that you were working on yachts, like as, as your job as a yoga um, instructor. So if you could first just like say where, just tell us where your journey started, because now you're working on gut health and Mm. I've been learning so much about not just gut health, but like living a holistic lifestyle from you. And I haven't use shampoo in like over a month because of you so, ah, and yes. i'm loving the results so thank you for that yes um, amazing i know look at both of us rocking our curls no poo, know, right? no poo hair yeah i'm done with I shampoo thanks to you <laughs> oh that makes but, me so happy yeah so, let me, i'll give you a little background i mean i guess where gut health started actually for me without even realizing it was in 2009 so i was one year out of college i have a degree in psychology and I had 
manifested signs of autoimmune disease in my body in high school. And that stemmed from childhood trauma and the anxieties and the stress that that had led to after the repercussions of um, my dad leaving and having to file bankruptcy and being homeless and you know all these crazy things. So towards the end of high school, I started noticing that it, it started in my scalp, this super dry scalp. And I was a swimmer at the time, so I just thought like, Oh, it's the chlorine. I was living in New England. Like just, I just thought it was really dry scalp. So fast forward now, that was like my junior year of high school. And it's funny how it all circles back around now between the no poo method and gut health and everything that I'm doing is where it all started was my scalp. So fast forward through to college, I was putting myself through school on a bartender salary. So um, I was very grateful that I had those skills to be able to do that and I was making good money. So I was able to make my way through school with between student loans and then the money I made bartending, I was able to get a degree in psychology. So I, though at the time I knew I never wanted to be a traditional talk therapist. I just, I think starting yeah. from very young, I, I always have just intuitively given myself permission just to trust whatever my... I guess my gut is leading me towards, even though at times it felt scary and atypical from the norm. But I was still very much kind of like in that box of like, go to college, get a job, retire someday, and hopefully someday you'll be happy. So fast forward now, 2009, I'm a year out of college and my skin, psoriasis now was not just on my scalp, it was on my arms. And it, it was starting to flare up all of a sudden in places that I had never even experienced rashes before. And mm -hmm. of course I graduated college the year prior, which was 2008, which was the year of, you know, the, besides just recently, the, the most recent economy crash. So finding a job was difficult. The first job that I got as a salesperson, I got laid off. So it was all of these like, what do I want to do with my life? What the heck is going on? All at the same time, this stress and anxiety was manifesting as autoimmune symptoms and I, I kind of, at this point in my life, I was following the money. I just, you know, I think because I had come from mm -hmm. such a scarcity mindset situation of there's not enough money to ever go around. In order to make money, you have to work really hard. You have to sacrifice a lot to be successful. It was all of these limiting beliefs that had stemmed from childhood trauma. I was aligning myself with jobs that I thought were going to make me a lot of money, but ultimately were not aligned with my heart and soul. <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to go into pharmaceutical sales, which is so ironic now. Yeah. Um, but I, I just knew at the time that all of those jobs were just leading me towards this path of wanting to reach this financial success. So it wasn't until 2013 when I was still bartending, I was working as a salesperson, um, at this time, I had now transitioned to doing direct sales. So I was kind of working for myself, but I didn't have the means or the finances to like start up my own business. I knew that working for somebody else wasn't what I wanted to do full time. So it was really like a time of navigating, like during this economy crash, I'm fresh out of college. I knew I didn't want to go to grad school. I couldn't afford grad school. So it wasn't until 2013 when finally I just said, all right, I actually went to North Carolina and did ayahuasca for a weekend. And it was in that. Well, yeah, it was during that. I had started practicing yoga in 2004. So a little preface was I, I had been practicing yoga for 
almost 10 years at this point. And you know, when you hindsight is everything, you can connect the dots once you can see them. I was always super resistant to becoming a yoga teacher. I just thought I'll never be able to do that. That looks like a lot of hard work. Like who wants to work out that often? Like, you know, there's no way I could hold this space for anybody. And finally in 2013, again, I went on this kind of spiritual weekend and what mother spirit told me literally was just you have to go to costa rica and become a yoga teacher it was that profound and very clear and she gave me like all of the steps that i needed in order to get there and all of a sudden the veil of all of my bullshit excuses was lifted uh so if anyone's watching this or listening to this like i'm here to tell you that i am proof that your excuses are the only thing getting in your way of doing what you actually want to do with your life <laughs> literally but it took me getting to that point of just like really breaking down my ego and taking this uh, plant medicine and, and really just surrendering myself up to something that was bigger than me and just being willing to be open and listening. And I'm not saying you have to go to that extreme. <laughs> I have a tendency to be an extremist in certain ways. But, you know, it, I would say for anyone watching this, if you are willing to follow those little tugs in your heart if you are interested in excuse me finding your own journey in life and and finding happiness every single day in the moment it's really about listening to those intuitive hits and listening to those signs and the breadcrumbs and the synchronicities and letting it all really be a journey right and remembering that like Maybe you don't need to go off the deep end and do ayahuasca for a weekend, but you know, maybe along the way, just following those intuitive hits. What are the things that you enjoy doing? I knew that my yoga mat was a place of deep healing and it took me 10 years to finally, and, and a really profound awakening to say, okay, I'm gonna go to Costa Rica and become a yoga teacher. So let me take another step forward here. At this time, I, I had gotten married in 2010. Uh, here we are now three years later and finally I looked at my partner at the time and I said, you know, I need to become a yoga teacher and I'm going to go to Costa Rica for a month and I'm going to do it. So uh, here's my list of things that need to get done while I'm gone. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I ended this was up the doing one, that in 2000. This was your, your ex-husband, right? This was my ex-husband, yep. Which I, I feel so grateful at the time. And also for anybody who's been on a journey of marriage and divorce or, or any serious relationship and breakup, you, you know that that is traumatic. And you know, for me, that journey was a whole nother layer of healing. And I feel very grateful for the things that came into my life because of that time that we spent together and the things that we learned. And you know, it, was, it was another layer of really deep healing. Um, but you're, not get too distracted. Just, you don't have to answer this question, but if you feel yeah. comfortable, like you leaving to do yoga, was that part of your journey of realizing like you didn't want to be in that relationship anymore? Because from what I'm hearing is like, you're getting a lot of these um, answers intuitively. And a lot of people aren't really, I've been dealing with this with like clients and just people in general is they don't know how to connect with that intuitive part of themselves. They, they feel like, which I think is because so many people are stuck inside their heads all the time. How are you going to listen to that little whisper? That's like really like the soul voice, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely that. exploring that journey was 
absolutely a piece of awakening. You know, it was a it was a piece of that journey of realizing that maybe this partnership was not meant to last forever and also like healing and accepting and coming to terms with that. You know, whenever you go through a big breakup, you grieve the death of that relationship. So mm -hmm. you're not just grieving that person or who you became in the relationship, but you're grieving the story of the life that you had projected that will no yeah. longer be there. So yes, um, there's a few things there. A piece of that journey was allowing myself just to say, okay, I need to connect to myself on a really deep level in order to figure out what else might be going on in my life. At this point, you know, I had been four years on my gut healing journey, which that was in 2009. So it's there's kind of multiple things happening all at once. So 2009 was when I hired my first health coach, was when I started my gut healing physical journey. And then the next few mm. years of that was, okay, there's a deeper layer of healing that I'm missing because I've kind of optimized my gut health, but I was still having signs of autoimmune disease and discomfort and, you know, a big piece of that marriage was in hindsight now the opportunity to heal childhood wounds and the opportunity, yeah. you know, the, the universe presented me the chance to say, okay, honey, it's time to dig deep and we're going to do it in this way. And it's going to be kind of painful and shitty, but at the same time, you're going to come out of it shinier and brighter than ever. And that's exactly what happened. So in 2013, I became a yoga teacher and then we separated in 2015. So it wasn't without a lot of effort and love. And I think you're exactly right. The piece that blocks us from really honoring our intuition is fear. So I agree with yeah. you in that it's we're caught in our heads. But the reason why we're caught in our heads is because we're looking outside and we're saying, ooh, but this person told me I need to be like this. And that person's living her yeah. life that way. And, you know, I grew up believing a certain thing it's it's the beliefs and the values and the systems that we grew up in and that we're living in that are potentially counterintuitive to what our heart and our soul and our intuition is trying to speak to us so you know for anybody who's listening to this and might be on a journey to exploring what does it mean to trust my intuition and that feels really scary because maybe i'm having some potentially different thoughts than where i saw my life going it is possible to follow the breadcrumbs and it's really about getting as clean and clear in your body so that way you can hear those intuitive hits more loudly so this is kind of taking another step forward into what i'm doing now as a coach so before i even get there 2015 we separated and then in south carolina where i was living at the time and where we got married we have to be we had to be legally separated for a year before we could be legally divorced <laughs> so if you can imagine during this limbo time it wasn't just like cut the cord you know it's like okay we're still living in the same city we had moved out of, of living with each other of course but there was still this like weird tie of like yeah we're separated but like what it like we're still tied together legally <laughs> Yeah. And it was during this time where, again, kind of like, I mean, I was driving to the yoga studio. I was going to teach a class. So at this time, I was teaching yoga full time. Um, I finally also just decided to let go of my bartending gigs. So that was another, like, layer of just letting, I know, thank you, for years. It was all of these different clutches that I was holding on to out of fear, fear of scarcity. Yes. Oh, There's I not love enough it. love. Yeah, there's not enough money, there's not enough love, there's not enough acceptance, there's not enough 
of the good things in life to go around for everybody, which inherently mm -hmm. is false, period. Yeah. The abundance mm -hmm. mindset says, there is room for all of us to be heard. And it doesn't require one person to be silenced for another person to be heard. Now, of course, to make it relevant to what's happening right now in the world and the state of everything in the States, like we need to lift up the voices who have been silenced for so long, but there's enough for all of these voices to be heard, right? Is the point of the abundance mindset. So at the time it was really about me saying, okay, how can I break down this, fear within me, this scarcity mindset that is so deeply rooted in my bone marrow from the traumas I experienced in my life. And that journey was really just about letting go, letting go of the job, letting go of the relationship, letting go of those beliefs that kept me so in the system for so long. <laughs> um, and then kind of like that, what spirit told me on that weekend of plant medicine of go to Costa Rica, become a yoga teacher. It was the same thing. I was driving to the yoga studio and the voice of spirit, which now I had cultivated very uh, intentionally for years, was that dialogue between me and my better self and higher self and that which was greater than me, however you want to define it. And spirit basically just said to me on the way to the studio, you have to move on to a boat. And I literally, it was so profound. Chris, I pulled over and was like, what the f does that mean? <laughs> like, okay, heard, but now what? And I called I love a girlfriend. How you actually and, listen, you know, because yeah. people get those messages all the time, but they don't know to listen. Yeah. And that's where I'm so excited to kind of tie the knot on this and bring it all forward to what I'm doing now, because I don't think I would have been able to listen had I not optimized my physical body at this time and also allowed myself to trust those intuitive hits from a deep visceral level, like on a feeling level, you know, it's like that actual yeah. gut feeling where you're like, this is right for me. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to figure it out. So yeah. that was in June 2015. July and August, I spent subletting my new apartment, uh, had to find a home for my cat, which was so sad, uh, who also, that cat actually belonged to one of my dear friends and roommates who I think might be here, Catherine, good old Cooper cat, man, he was, he was on a journey with us for ages. Um, yeah, it was another whole piece of me having to let go of the things that were keeping me safe and comfortable. <laughs> so I sold all of my belongings, I gave away everything else, and I hopped in a rental car September 1st and within a week I was working on a yacht and two weeks after that I was doing my basic training that I needed to do and then I got interviewed um, and it was right time right place on October 3rd I moved on to one of the most prestigious charter boats as their onboard yoga teacher and stewardess so I mean had I not followed those signs and symptoms had I not been relentless in the pursuit of my own health and well-being through autoimmune disease and financial struggles and a divorce and you know it wasn't all fun and games but the thread through it all was like my relentless pursuit and i know there is something better in life than this current experience that i am experiencing so yeah, yeah if anyone is watching this and feeling that right now like i promise you i am living proof that it's, it's not all fun and games and the process of self-development and awakening is hard and it requires looking in the mirror and getting real AF with yourself and having some of those tough conversations. But 
they're the most rewarding conversations ever because here I am now on the other side of moving onto a boat and I'm happily remarried to the love of my life. And we're currently on the beach in Mexico and I'm teaching got clients full time and living more abundantly than I ever have before, financially and in health and in wellness and everything. <laughs> See, this, this is like something I need to hear so much right now because of like my next journey, I'm like selling all my stuff and moving to Michigan for a little bit to save and then like start my journey and those fears come up, but I'm like, I, I can feel the fear. I know it's there, but I also feel in my intuitive being that this is the right move. Absolutely. And it took time to, to differentiate or distinguish the difference between the two. Yeah, it's, it's, and you're gonna make mistakes along the way. And, you know, Chris, something that I would love to offer is that it's not, it's not about being positive all the time. So, you know, just mm -hmm. to shed light a little bit on, on what you mentioned earlier about like my persona on Instagram, you know, and that's, that's because, you know, I, I want to share all of the pieces of me, right? And a lot of that includes just being super vulnerable. So, you know, I have a podcast, mm -hmm. it's called That's Let's Start Health. And the root of it is just real, raw, vulnerable stories of healing and triumph. We can't just pretend that everything's going to be okay. And if we have mm -hmm. this sense in our mind of this, like, everything is just always gonna be rainbows and unicorns, then it's gonna set us up for failure from the beginning, right? Yeah. We're gonna have this, expectation of ourselves to be happy all the time and in reality like that's just not reality <laughs> sometimes nope. i'm super tired sometimes i want to cry but the difference is that i operate now from a place of abundance which allows me to be sad and it allows allows me to be angry and i've allowed myself to learn coping mechanisms that are allow me to be angry and upset that are in ways that are not like self-harming right so if i get real with myself in my first marriage there was definitely self-sabotage that probably also pushed him away right because i was so fearful of heartbreak that i said well damn i'm not gonna let you break my heart i'm gonna push you away instead right mm -hmm. so I mean, not that like, that's how it was supposed to be. That was my healing journey. And I'm so grateful for it because now I'm married yeah. to the love of my life. Right. It's, it's, it was all so meant to be, but if, if I'm getting really real with myself, I finally now have learned new coping mechanisms for stress, for emotions, for anxiety that are not going to cause pain and suffering on myself and the people that I love. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you find that you're, landing yourself in expectations especially if you're on a journey to self-development and changing like number one re-establish your relationship with fear just like what you said chris like that fear is there that fear is very real and the role of that fear is to prevent you from driving off the cliff right we need that fear in the car with us to make sure that we're not going to like go tumbling off the cliff However, you need to be in the driver's seat. So that way when fear is in the passenger seat trying to talk to you, you can say, hey girlfriend, I see you, we are safe. I'm on the road driving, everything's cool. And then yeah. fear can just be like, oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that we weren't like gonna take a left turn here. Cause that's gonna be <laughs> I a hard love <laughs> that. I love that. That's exactly yeah. what it feels like. 
and you being being able to sit with it and be like and just talk to it like you know that they're trying to protect you or the fear is trying to protect you instead yes. of like trying to push it and be like go away go away go away then it just comes back wait it seems like you need me emergency you need me and then yeah we have to invite her in right we have to mm -hmm. invite in so it's the same thing with anxiety it's the same thing yep. with physical symptoms in your body it's a, a paradigm that i operate from and in this this might you know if, if you're watching this or the replay like we're gonna have to open up our brains here and step into curiosity and not judgment right the way we do one thing is the way we do everything right yep. and you might automatically think like no what the hell are you talking about no way but like of course we're going to react to different scenarios based on the traumas we've experienced in life and how we have learned how to cope with that specific trauma however mm -hmm. the river that is flowing through me is going to be the same river in my career in my health in my relationship in my connection to the vine if you look at the the life pie the same river is flowing through all of these so for example, if I have a tendency to be very controlling, if that is the river that is flowing through me, I'm a control freak. And I say this because this was me, right? <laughs> I'm a recovering control freak, right? I am going to relentlessly try to control every situation in my life, whether it's my health, uh, my relationships, you know, my career. And if I don't feel like I have that control, my mind is going to self-sabotage and say, uh-oh, honey, we're out of control. We might die. You know, there's fear of losing safety, love, and acceptance. It's like, warning, warning, warning. Implement those strategies that we have learned to deal with this trauma, even though they might be outdated. So for example, mm -hmm. emotional eating, right? If I feel like all of a sudden I've lost control in my job, um, you know, many of us can probably relate to coronavirus and everything that's just happened. And many of us are out of jobs right now. I feel very grateful that, uh, that I can provide my service amongst all of that. But many people are not in that case. So maybe one of the coping mechanisms that this river that is running through you of control is trying to help soothe is your relationship with food. Or maybe it's with exercise. Maybe you're militantly... Yeah, maybe you're militantly exercising right now and punishing yourself because you're like, I need to look super fit right now because I've lost control in my career and I don't know what else to do, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that exercise is a bad thing, but what's the mindset? What's the intention behind it? Like, are you punishing yourself because you feel like you've lost control somewhere in life? So mm -hmm. taking a step forward from that, like what my passion lies in right now is to help my clients come to a place in their physical body where they're waking up feeling energized, feeling relaxed, feeling um, a sense of like when I wake up in the morning, I feel good and ready to take on the day, right? Because if I'm not feeling those things, like if I'm waking up feeling bloated, if I'm waking up feeling exhausted and already like planning when I'm gonna take a nap, then how can I possibly follow through on the things that I need to follow through with in life? It's, it's impossible, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's kind of like the yoga mat, right? Where do we start, right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, my brain is exploding. Like I'm doing all of the things. I'm coping with stress in ways that are no longer serving, with, serving me. Start where we have the most control. And of course, I, as a yoga teacher and a health coach, I truly believe that we have the most control in our 
five and then six cents, right? What do we see, hear, touch, smell, taste, and feel, and intuitively feel? And are of these things, like, like for example, on the yoga mat, if I'm feeling stressed out because I'm trying to get into a pose that I can't get into, what do I have the most control over? My breath, my reaction, right? So I'm gonna take a physical deep breath in, remind my central nervous system that this is not an appropriate place to fight or flight. <laughs> what I need to learn to do is reestablish this relationship with this stress, this frustration that I'm feeling because I can't get my arm over my head, right? and come back to where I do have control. So it's the same thing with intuitive hits and intuitive guidance. Literally on a physical level, your gut instinct, there's a reason why it's called that. Every cell in your body is making a split decision based on your intuitive hits. And if your gut physically is out of whack, those messages are gonna be distorted. <laughs> if every single yep. time I eat, I look pregnant, and every single time I you know, lay down, I'm feeling like, um, reflux and i'm just in pain all the time i always say this right like rashes, skin issues yeah, exactly if i'm constantly itching and scratching or if i have pimples and that's all i can see if i if i'm you know really experiencing these physical signs like first and foremost what are these things have to teach me the anxiety the stress the rashes all of these physical mm -hmm. symptoms what can i learn from it can I invite it in rather than push it away, just like fear? Can I invite it in and try to see like, what is my body trying to communicate with me right now? And I always say like, how can I do the mindset work if I'm waking up in pain? Like that's impossible. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So how can I invite that physical pain in and say, okay, I see you. I hear you. I'm going to really now like do the work that I need to do to eliminate inflammation in my body, to start getting a clear perspective on like what's happening. How am I coping with stress? And then from there, how can I start to follow my intuitive hits? Right? Like I, one of my favorite questions to ask my clients and friends is just like, what do you want? <laughs> right like we go down these paths and these stories of like oh but this is happening and that's happening and I'm, I'm latching on to all these different stories in my mind so much so that I've forgotten what I even want in life what do I even want yeah. I don't even know I just want to feel good I, that I do know <laughs> so what is your journey to healing your gut because I see how you're you're not just talking about the physical healing of your gut. You're, you're, you yeah. connect that whole intuitive um, side of the gut. So it's not just the physical. Yeah. So it always starts with the physical, right? Mm -hmm. However, in order to get to the physical, there's like a little bit of science behind it, right? So this is why I don't sign up for fad diets. This is why fad diets don't work. This is why, you know, Western marketing wants you to sign up for this new craze yes. or that new craze or do this yeah. cleanse or sign up for this. You know, I, I, first and foremost, like just get off of that train because listen, another paradigm I operate from, your body is so wise. Like we have evolved... Yeah to smart people <laughs> like our spirit 
it, our body, like we are made to operate at a baseline of health. Because we live in a society of constant stimulation, we're operating up here in fight or flight all yeah. the time, right? So we have to set up the conditions for inevitable success. So when I work with my clients, what we do is for a few weeks, we work on, okay, what intuitive foods give you energy? What people give you energy? What conversations light you up? And on the other side of that, what foods take your energy? What people are robbing you of energy? They're energy mm -hmm. vampires. What conversations are you having? What are you consuming in your life other than food that is just having you totally depleted? And let's look at starting to eliminate in an easeful and joyful and safe kind of way to hopefully prevent self-sabotage. And then from that place, yeah. Then that's when we do typically an elimination protocol to really start saying, okay, now, now our mind is a little bit right. We're not just going to dive into like this elimination situation to where you feel like you're depriving yourself all the time, but we're going to set up those conditions for success. And then we're going to really harness in on the physical healing aspect. So this is where like eliminating gut inflammation and what that looks like for each individual person uh, comes into play. And then, all of a sudden people start having these reserves of energy and they're waking up and they're calling me like, oh my God, Chelsea, it's only been one week and I'm actually waking up feeling refreshed. And I feel like for the first time in three years, my stomach doesn't look pregnant anymore. Or like for the first time in the last couple months, I haven't had a migraine. Like, oh, that just sounds horrible, right? Yeah. And also relieving to know that the body can heal. So yeah, from this place, like, if you're watching this, let me give you like a couple quick tips for gut healing that you can implement today because I think that's always super helpful. And I think something that's important to know is that it does not require something really drastic. Number one, um, eliminate those foods that are zapping your energy, right? So if you know for a fact, like for sure, when I eat this, I don't know, super high sugar piece of cake, pie of cake, whatever. I don't feel good. And, and how you do that mindfully is by honoring hunger and fullness. So what that means is never let yourself get too hungry. So never get to that point of hanger where it's just like, move out of the way. I need to shove food in my mouth because <laughs> that's when we start to eat things that typically zap our energy because we're just going for that quick fix. And then never get too full. So when you're eating, eat for energy as well. So eat till about like a seven or eight out of 10, rather than like, oh, I need to unbutton my pants and go take a nap, <laughs> right? Yeah. So honor hunger do you and ever, Do you ever talk to people about like the difference with always so one of the biggest like most shifts that my clients have is when i'm feeling hungry am i actually hungry for food or am i hungry for something else in my life am i craving yeah. sweetness am i craving tenderness am i craving comfort am i craving intimacy and how can i implement these things in my life that might not be related to food because food is the quick, easy fix typically, or, or maybe that's just how we've learned to answer this deep need within yeah. us. 
but um, I do a lot of work with my clients. We create a naughty and a nourishment list. <laughs> so how do we, you know, give ourselves permission to be naughty? How do we give ourselves to nourish our uh, permission to nourish ourselves? And what does that actually look like for each individual person? And, um, you know, how can we do it in a way that is moving us towards that person that we want to be and away from the person that is keeping us low vibe? So yeah, it's a big topic of conversation. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I've been getting that a lot with different clients too. And even myself, when I did yeah. my three day water fast, I really yes. started to pay attention to like, am, like, am I actually hungry to like satiate myself or am I hungry for like that serotonin or dopamine hit in my brain, you know? Um, yes. But go ahead with the other, you had two more, right? Yeah, so it was honor hunger and fullness for sure. Uh, number two, that, that has nothing to do with food, but you would be shocked to realize how quickly your gut can heal is uh, get adequate sleep, <laughs> right? Oh we we always totally think, important. yeah, we always think that we have to do more. We have to buy more supplements. We have to exercise more. We have to eliminate more. We have to incorporate more. And a lot of times healing really at the core of it is about doing less, like less we want to be less in a state of fight or flight and more in a state of rest and digest. This is the parasympathetic mm -hmm. central nervous response. And when we are in fight or flight, digestion is the first thing that shuts down, period. Our hydrochloric acid is no longer being produced. Blood is flowing to our eyes and our heart and our lungs. And we're like ready to run really fast. But systemically and chronically in our society, we're not running, we're sitting behind a desk or on the couch or playing Instagram or playing Instagram, right? Playing games on our phone or, you know, on social media. And it's healing really involves just unplugging, doing less, like bringing that, it reminds me of that, do less, do less, do more. No, you have to do a little more. Like what was that movie where he was learning how to surf? Uh, I can never remember it. I've never seen it. They were on vacation, but anyway, do less, do less. And then he just lays there. He's like, no, you gotta do more than that. <laughs> but really get adequate sleep. And what this means is like, go, it's the same thing with honoring hunger and fullness. Honor when you are tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you are pushing through those, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything, right? Yeah. If, you are, if you're pushing through those intuitive first hits of I'm hungry, and then you find yourself beelining to the refrigerator and shoving something in your mouth, you're probably doing that with your sleep as well. You're pushing past those signs of I'm getting tired and you're forcing yourself to stay up later to, I don't know, accomplish more maybe. And then you get a second wind and now you're not sleeping at all. Yep. <laughs> and then you're waking up feeling tired. So, you know, when you are, sleeping your body the main functions of your body is healing and detoxing so if you want if you're wanting to detox you don't have to do anything extreme just sleep more yeah. <laughs> seriously and preferably on an empty belly so this kind of brings it back a little bit to food kind of but really ultimately honoring hunger and fullness is number one so i'll disclaim my third tip uh with always honor your signs of hunger never get too hungry and never get too full and that is intermittent fasting so 
There's a lot of different ways to do this. There's a lot of conversations around intermittent fasting and why it's good and why it's bad. But there is value from a gut healing perspective to give your, your, give your digestive tract an opportunity to heal overnight. So the way I personally mm -hmm. intermittent fast, and I, I have um, a podcast out on this, you can go check it out, is I typically like to eat during the day within a window of about 10 hours. So roughly, I don't know, like 10 a.m. is usually like my first meal, or maybe it's a protein shake. Sometimes the now the window is even less. Like sometimes I'm not even hungry if I have a protein shake for like a meal until after lunch, and then I'm ready for dinner. So like I eat somewhere during the day between eight to 10 hours. Again, it's never hard rules because I also honor hunger and fullness. Also, as women, we have different, I mean, men and women have different cycles, but especially as women, if you're ovulating and if you're menstruating versus if you're in luteal uh, phase or follicular phase, you're going to be more hungry and less hungry at different times of the month. So honor that first. And mm -hmm. there's value behind giving your gut a chance to heal overnight. So uh, try to steer away from that late night eating again. Why is that happening? Did you not have enough calories during the day? You know, are you craving something else in your life and you're going towards the fridge because it's the easy fix? Um, there's a really important thing that happens in our gut and it's called the MMC. It's the migrating motor complex. And it's, it's a little bit different than peristalsis. I think most of us who took basic biology have heard of peristalsis. It's the, you know, the muscle movement to move our food through our GI tract. Um, but there's a secondary complex that happens, the MMC, and this is kind of like the little guys that come in late night and do a clean sweep of your intestines, right? Mm -hmm. So this only happens in fasted states or in between meals. So again, there's value and healing to be had in between meals and overnight while you are sleeping, allowing your gut to prioritize healing and detox if you eat right before bed, your body's going to prioritize digestion, right? Yep. And it shortens the amount of time that your body can prioritize healing and detoxing. So we want to optimize the, that healing and detox phase, natural phase in our body. So yeah, intermittent fasting is a totally different, like much deeper conversation, but I always revert back to honor hunger, honor fullness, and then know that there is value to letting your digestive system heal and detox overnight. Yeah, it's so important. I realized that because I've been paying attention to like my patterns around eating and yeah, um, if I stay up past my tired point, I crave sugar. Yep. I'll go straight to like my dates yep. and almond butter. And I'm like, why am I doing this right now? Cause I'm tired. And if yeah. I eat before bed, it affects my sleep. Um, throughout the whole night, I'll wake up like three yeah. more times than I normally do because our digestive yes. system uses so much energy to work. Yep. And if you, if you use it right before bed, like, how are you going to calm down? How are you going to stay, you know, in that state of, of relaxation to sleep? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, those are kind of my three tips that anyone can implement right now. And, and a lot of it is stress management too. This is maybe your like little bonus tip of the day. 
seriously do not underestimate the power of breathing. Like I know if you walk in the world of self-development, you've heard breathing as a technique for self, uh, self-coping, self-soothing, self-stress management. But I am telling you, taking three deep breaths before, during, and after your meal is literally going to send blood to your gut. It's literally going to help implement that hydrochloric acid being produced, which is what you need to break down your food. And it's also going to help you eat slower. So it's going to help you honor that fullness scale without it being too, like, I don't have to overthink it. You know, I don't have to, like, really overthink if I'm hungry or not. I can just honor fullness by breathing throughout. It's so important. A lot of us are, like, eating on the go, you know. Not right now because, you know, we're quarantined, most of us. But we're either, like, on our phones while we're eating or we're walking around eating something really fast or we're like just, like, eating super fast. That's, like, a problem I have. I need to slow down when I eat. But I've made it a point yeah. to, like, just sit and breathe so that you know my my digestive system i'm in rest and digest while i'm eating you know it yes. says it in the title in and of itself exactly um, and many of us have heard of fight or flight and many of us have not even heard of rest and digest and it's it's yeah. so 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 important it's the opposing uh central nervous response and it's you know it's we need that in order to like really assimilate nutrients and break down our food and eliminate toxins. And again, trust your gut and digest your life. Like the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. If we're not breaking down our food, we're probably not breaking down our life lessons either and absorbing the lessons and letting go of all the BS that happened with it. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's, um, Everything's connected. <laughs> Everything. Everything and is connected. Me, yeah. And this is no, like, you're not alone in the habit of eating fast. Like, this has been a, a life, like, a decade-long practice of me to optimize my gut health because, you know, I used to eat super, super fast. And that all stemmed from, again, stress from childhood and, and not much food on the table and not wanting to be around people at the table that were drunk. You know, like, there was a lot of things that were happening um so someone's it's, it's, asking your alone um, i'm sorry to interrupt someone's asking for your podcast name i'll type it here it's called let's start health um you can find the link in my bio through my website and they there's also an instagram handle let's start health that you can connect to that too so thank you for asking that but um, you know, I, I just want to shed light here. If anyone's listening to this and thinking like, yeah, I eat really fast or I eat on the go or, you know, it's how is how can I start this process? Like, just bring it down to the basics. Like when you eat, eat with reverence, like bless your food, feel grateful for the food that is about to nourish you. Eat slowly, savor that yumminess. Like our stomach doesn't have teeth. Chew your food. Chew your food. <laughs> like, yeah, at least 32 times per bite. That alone will help you slow down the process. And, you know, this is something that I work on with my clients for like a month. So this is not just like, you know, an overnight thing, you know, and, and even then, even when it is in your mind, like you're going to slip up, you're going to make mistakes, but like that's, that's the whole fun process of it is all of a sudden now I look down and I realize, oh my gosh, I just ate half my plate and I don't even remember doing it. That's when you put yeah. the fork down, take a deep breath and think, yeah. okay, let me chill out. I mean, you can probably relate to like 
going out to eat. It's like, man, when I go out to eat, I eat really slowly. Why is that? Well, it's because you're enjoying the experience. You're having conversations with friends. You're enjoying the food in front of you. It's, it comes out in waves, you know, and oftentimes maybe when we're alone or we're stressed or at work or on the go, we just, we don't give the food the attention that it deserves. So no. let food be a sacred ritual. <laughs> give it gratitude, give it grace and, and eat with that same kind of reverence and, you know, let it nourish you so that you can assimilate nutrients and detox and poop out the rest. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really is a, a habit change. You know, if you've been eating your whole life, like really fast, yes. you really have to make it a point to like, let's start, you know, doing this every day or make conscious decisions to eat slow or just remind yourself. And if you do go back, regress, it's okay. Just like breathe. Like you said, I've been doing yeah. a lot of breathing when I'm eating now and like stopping myself. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. I just ate like almost half this plate in like 30 seconds. So I'm just going to slow yeah. down now. And like, exactly. Forgive, move on, yes. choose again. It's so <laughs> right? important to have compassion for yourself. Yeah. And something I always say too, it's so much less about what am I doing and so much more about who am I being, right? So who am I being while I am eating? Who am I being when I'm on social media? Who am I being when I'm conversing with this coworker or this friend, right? It's, it's so much more. And, and again, the way we do one thing, right? <laughs> you can also probably relate to this, right? Like when I post on social media because I'm being stressed and I feel like I have to do it and it's just some, it's my to-do yeah. list for the day, like that post doesn't get any traction. Right? It just doesn't. Yeah, but if I I'm agree being, 100%. Yeah, if I'm being centered, if I'm being aligned, if I'm acting from a place that is genuinely inspired and wanting to share, those are the posts that get all, all because we are intuitive, energetic beings. People can feel who you are being behind the post. And it's the same thing with ourselves, right? How we relate to ourselves is how we relate to the world around us. So who am I being when I am eating? Am I torturing myself and being anxious and on the go? Or can I just be grounded and grateful and aligned and everything else will fall into place? Yeah, I, I <laughs> really made makes... a point to be like, what is my intention with this? When I'm doing this, what is my intention? Yes. Live, live your life with intention. Yes, it makes healing so much more what I call downstream. If you're feeling like you are fighting the current, of course, leave it to a retired yatsu from the ocean state. Everything is a water <laughs> analogy, right? But if you're feeling you are fighting it. up current and life is just this constant, like you are one of a thousand salmon trying to make your way upstream, like let's turn things around so you can I always say like my visual is I'm floating on my favorite like swan blow up thing and I've got a my favorite fruity drink in my hand with my oversized sunglasses and my high-waist bikini like living my best life just floating downstream <laughs> and that for me is the river that flows through me as I navigate through life and it's taken a lot of time to get here and that's why you know hiring a coach or a teacher or a mentor can help you get to that place a lot quicker and easier I wish I had done oh, it a yeah. long time ago girl after hiring my first coach i was like what what did, took me so long to do this like yeah, it just accelerates your healing accelerates your growth on another level having someone to keep yeah. you accountable so um so you're you're offering um aren't you offering a 
a program? Didn't you just launch one a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I have a couple different programs. So I'm actually just finishing up my uh, signature group program for the spring. Three times a year, I offer a gut health reset program. So this is kind of like a, you know, I want a taste of what you've got going on. Um, you know, I want to explore working with a coach, but maybe the financial investment to do it one-on-one -on -one isn't quite there yet. Um, so it's my mm. signature gut health reset. It's a month-long offering. It's a 14-day elimination protocol for healing. We reintroduce the foods to see systematically if, if there are foods that are causing issues and what are they. Um, it's much different than just I never want to sign up or expect anyone to eliminate foods forever. In fact, I think that's extremely detrimental. And another yeah. conversation to, you know, food sensitivity tests, like your body will heal and eliminating certain food groups that are really good for your gut permanently are, it's, it's just causing more damage. But, you mm -hmm. know, there is, again, value. It's kind of like to that value of overnight fasting is, you know, there is value to creating the safe container for healing and that's what the gut reset does so the next one will be this fall so if you're interested in that hop on over to my website and you can sign up for the waitlist there uh, but i also work with people one-on-one -on -one. so i'm now signing up people for um a mid to late july start date I, i've got a full roster of clients now but i'm looking at a late july potentially even early august start date for my one-on-one -on -one programming one-on-one -on -one program and that's a four-month journey so this is an intensive journey one-on-one -on -one with me if you're like listen i am ready to dive in give me all the things i am sick and tired of being sick and tired uh it's amazing what just a short four months can do i i I just had a client this morning actually say to me, I feel like I'm going to work. I'm going back to work now after COVID, a completely new person. So that was a really mm -hmm. cool, really cool feedback because it's only been three and a half months that we've worked together. And again, the body can and does heal if we give it that safe container to do so. So um, bye, Janet. Thanks for being here. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in creating that safe container, then, you know, send me a DM. I'm here. We can talk about it more. What do you, what's like the, um, the most popular or uh, symptoms that people come to you with? Like, are they always like bloating? Is, does anyone ever come to you with like anxiety or things of that nature and mental health? Yeah, related? definitely. So um, gut health and mental health are one in the same period. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. If, yeah, if you, you know, the, the gut brain axis is connected with something called the vagus nerve. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that nerve literally sends the same signals to your brain and your gut and serotonin that the happy feeling in our brain is actually, uh, studies have shown that over 90% are actually produced in our gut, which is new science. Um, so if we can heal our gut, we can essentially really work to balance out the serotonin and dopamine levels. So anxiety, depression go very much hand in hand with bloating and constipation and diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, I would say those are probably the main concerns. Uh, when women come to me, that there's just sort of this overall feeling of feeling stuck. I feel stuck in my body. I feel stuck in my life. I have these symptoms. I don't really know what to do about them. I feel stuck in this rat race of these this negative self-talk that's going on in my mind. So yeah, I think it's, as a general speaking, it's kind of this just feeling of feeling stuck in mind, body, and soul, just kind of like, I'm in the fog and I can't see through the fog. I need some help getting through the fog. Girl, I know that feeling all too right. well. 
Right. I, my gut health journey has took, it's taken me years. Let's just say that it's taken me years yeah. to get to where I am today. And if I had had a coach, it would have taken me months, you know? Yeah. So for anyone literally, listening, this is why it's so, it's highly, highly recommended to hire a coach so that you're yeah. not struggling with this for way too long because the longer you wait, the more damage is caused to your gut. Exactly. And the longer it's going to, yeah. And the longer it's going to take to heal. And just like what you said, every, like when I'm not feeling good, everybody's not feeling good. <laughs> like yes. ask my husband. <laughs> exactly. You got to fill your cup. Right. You got to be happy. Yeah. Radiate that. And the people around you will feel yeah. that. So fill your cup and then give from the overflow. 100%. Um, so I have one last question to ask you before this thing like knocks us off. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could go back to your younger self and give her any piece of advice, this could be at any age, whatever age you feel like your younger self needed your higher self most, what would you tell her? I think I would probably go back to that 12, 13, 14 year old years. This was, uh, right after we lost our home, my dad left and subsequently a couple years in a row, I had a few very close friends pass away. Uh, it was a wow. very traumatic preteen existence. Um, and, yeah. and I think what I would just tell her is follow the signs, just keep following the signs and that these things that are experiencing in your life are not happening to you. They're happening for you. And because of mm -hmm. that, you're going to come out the other side, uh, a pretty rad person. <laughs> that's what happened to you. Clearly, yeah. you've been through a lot of stuff, you know, that's, that's hard, what you've been through, and you found yeah. a way to turn your suffering into your superpower. Now you're, like you said, your your cup is overflowing. And now you're filling other people's with it. So yeah. Have you ever read The Alchemist? Oh, my God, it's my favorite book. <laughs> I read yeah, it three me times. too. <laughs> and that was I think I think that that book is probably what started me on the journey to alchemy and you know no pun intended right and self-development and shifting from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset and really being able to look at the perspective you know it, it gives you the chance to see somebody have hindsight and be able yeah. to connect the dots whereas when you're in it when you're in the emotions when you're in the experiences you're in the trauma you're 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 in the ditches you're in the trenches is what i what i call it right you don't have the hindsight yet to be able to see how it all connects together. Um, but yeah, Thank I you. love that book for that, that wisdom that says, man, what you were looking for was, was there all, all along. So just keep on the journey because it does all connect back around eventually. <laughs> Life really changes when you, when you find purpose in it. Like I'm reading, here's a, a perfect example of what we're talking about is man's search for meaning yeah so good it's on my list i haven't started it yet all the suffering that he went through he found meaning in and he's been through yeah. some crazy crazy stuff so it's really mm -hmm. really I, I agree with you 100 percent. when you find meaning in your suffering it changes the trajectory of your life completely absolutely find but your why 
Yes, it's so important. I like wrote it down and put it on my wall so I could just look at it every day and just be yes. reminded, you know? That is manifesting, girlfriend. That is manifesting. <laughs> oh, I have a whole manifestation wall, girl. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, my love, this is amazing. You're so knowledgeable, like you, and you have amazing energy and you just like gave me so much more hope and you just reminded me of like how much an abundance mindset will change your life so yeah you made me feel better about my next journey too so thank you for that yes so thank you christina and send me you know i'm I'm here along with you so i'm excited to see where your journey brings you so keep us all updated along the way oh for sure girl and you too where are you going to next i don't know we're in we're in playa del carmen mexico right now well i do know we go to tulum next week we'll be there for a week or two and then i'm not sure we're, we're hopping around <laughs> girl your goals that's like my dream life <laughs> thanks love it's taken a while to get here but here we are now so i'm really grateful for it <laughs> well you're giving other people hope to have that too so thank, thank you so you. much again thank you bye, have a lovely love. day i appreciate you bye everybody Likewise. thanks for tuning in <laughs> Bye. Bye.